0: everyone welcome to so emo i fell apart a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk for the naughty oddies and today i'm one of your hosts ria i'm your other host chloe and what are we getting into today chloe today i think it's just kind of a catch-up
1: we went to a couple concerts went to a couple shows um some stuff happened and we're just gonna kind of catch up before we get back into our regularly scheduled long talkie episodes
0: Yeah, we're going to do, like, super cash before we get back into the, like, hey, here's our citations Mm
1: -hmm. about (laughs) emo. Before I build a bibliography.
0: Literally. But before we get into that, we're going to do a fun new sexy thing where at the top of the episode instead of waiting all the way to the end to do this, is to tell you all to please rate, review, and follow our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. We are available on, most popularly, Apple and Spotify. That's, like, the main two places that you can find us. And those places make it really easy to rate our podcast and to review it. And if you have time, throw us a couple stars. And if you have a little bit more time, please write us an actual comment review. It does a world of good in boosting um, our podcast to the algorithms at large that will start pushing our podcast to more and more people and listen to it and additionally please share our podcast with your friends it really does help us out so much word of mouth is arguably more powerful and more meaningful than any sort of algorithm ever will be so if you like what we do tell your friends about us it would so true be awesome and one last thing is please follow us on instagram and twitter at so pod for updates when episodes go live and for also for some like goofs we do goofs sometimes we do so that will be the first place that you will know a new episode goes live about anything that we do it will be those places unless i maybe podcasts and spotify has like a little like bloop bloop here's a new episode from the thing you like but besides that that's where you can find out yeah what we're doing so now on to the actual episode which i think let's start off with the not emo thing yeah let's get that out of the way (laughs) because we got to
1: see each other in person again we did a month later thank goodness and then we will again in like in like two weeks weeks. yeah (laughs) (laughs) we went to twice we did we went to go see beautiful beautiful girl group twice jyp's pride and joy stunning Literally Nations, Stunning. the world girl group. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it was insane. Like they, oh my, they were so good. It was the hottest day I have ever experienced in my whole entire life.
0: And we hung out in a parking lot for so much of it.
1: Yeah. Like, which is insane to me. Like, I'm, it's, it was just like, you know, when it gets, it was like how with stress, like you'll get up to a point of stress where like, it's so much that it just kind of like breaks and like, it cancels out and like, you can't be stressed anymore. Like, that's how yeah. the heat was. Like, it was so hot that, like, I reached a point where I was like, I can't even, I can't even feel this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm beyond it. I've been broken like a horse. Um, <laughs> I miraculously did not get a sunburn. That is, like, trip, legitimately is so impressive. Shocking to me.
0: Because this is the dead of winter. By dead of winter, <laughs> I wish it was the dead of winter. <laughs> me
1: too. It, the no, dead it was, of
0: summer here.
1: It was genuinely, the, like, the hottest I've ever lived. It was like 40 degrees Celsius or
0: something like crazy
1: like that. And I don't even know what it was in Fahrenheit.
0: So now whenever I hear you complain about the heat in Ottawa, I'm like, that's nothing.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's also how hot it was in Ottawa that week. Okay. It wasn't as bad in Ottawa as Montreal. In Montreal, they had power outages from how hot it was.
0: That's insane. We will get those every so often, but like only on days when it is fully supposed to be like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So that's when like everyone is inside just cranking the AC. That's when we get power outages. Yeah. but like that is the extreme case. Yeah, of I mean, it.
1: it was it was rough. But the uh, the getting to the show awesome. Um, you drove. We uh, I was there with like a like a whole group of girls that I was in New York with, and right we took like transit to Port Authority. And then from Port Authority, there was a like shuttle going directly to MetLife. So we took that. Mm-hmm. And as we were in line for that, there was like a little convenience store like right outside like where we would go to get on the shuttles. And the guy there was like, Yeah, this line has been like two hours. Like people have been lining up and getting on buses. And at no point did I think that's going to mean a two hour line on the way back, which I should have. Because that is what it meant.
0: Yeah. Um, That's why I was <laughs> like, okay, if you really want to take the shuttle, fine. I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't know that we would have fit in your car, though, because there were like six of us. You could have squeezed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, we should have. But like, do you want to drive all the way into Soho and back?
0: Oh, I would have dropped you off at the Jersey City Pass Station. Oh,
1: okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> that would have worked out a little bit better then.
0: Yeah. That was my game plan was to get you guys to come to the Pass Station by me, because it's really easy to get to Soho, to where I live. Yeah. Because you just take the 4 or 6 train over to World Trade, World Trade path over into where I am, and there's that. It would have been less time.
1: <laughs> True. Shuttle. We just we all just so were like, we want to go home, and we don't want to think, and we don't want to work. We just want to sit down and be at the hotel. So that is what we ended up doing, but it took a very, very long time.
0: And you also had, like, the worst Uber driver out of
1: MetLife. Like, I don't understand what his... (sighs) Because I was like, okay, we're in parking lot K. And he was like, okay, I'll be there. And then he was like, I'm here. And I was like, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. And I'm like, you're not here. And he tells me, like, yeah, I'm in parking lot E because that's where the pickup is. And I was like, okay, you said you were coming to K, though. So, like, can you just come here? Like, I know you're not supposed to, but can you? Like, they're not going to stop you. He's like, no, and, like, I'm leaving in four minutes. And I was like, it is going to take me more than four minutes to walk around the entire stadium. Like, because you're on the opposite side of where I am and where you said you were going to come. And he was like, I didn't say that. And then, like, when I got to the car, I was, like, holding the phone out. I was like, do you see here where I in writing say i'm in lock k and you say okay i'm coming <laughs> and he's like yeah and i'm like so that's where the confusion came from <laughs> from you saying you were going to do it and then not doing it what the fuck ever i got we got back to the room it was fine and the yeah. show was phenomenal they were all it amazing was so good
0: here's the thing if you're listening to this and you're like an emo pop punk person who like was heavily involved in Bandom back in the day and you haven't made the transition to k-pop yet you're doing yourself a disservice um it itches the same part of the brain as like following specific record labels and all the inter-band politics and drama and friendships and shit like that same shit different language
1: yeah like i will say that the music was the hardest thing for me to make the jump to just because like with uh emo music i was so focused on like lyrical content so listening to Mm -hmm. stuff that was like I can't access the lyrics as much or as quickly was like a bit of a struggle for me but I think that I around the same time that I started being like okay stop pretending that you're too good for pop music and like listen to stuff because it slaps and not necessarily because like you're looking to have a deep meaningful connection with it like there's room for both of that in your heart And that is definitely around the time that I was like more open to listening to K-pop because I was just like, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to have a good time and like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And like, it will take me longer to access the meaning that is there, but like, it's still worth it.
0: See, that's so interesting that you listen to music based on lyrical content versus, versus just general sound beforehand, because that's what, how I work. It's like, I have to like just the general sound of the song and then I can get into the lyrics. Like I, whenever I listen to albums on the first try, it's just like, am I listening? Is like the vibe good? Do I like the melodies? Do I like the, the, how just the the vocal quality sounds? And I'm like, okay, yes. Then I will get into the lyrics. Yeah. So it was really easy for me to do uh, pop punk to K-pop because... Of that, and additionally, I was like super into listening to like anime OPs back when I was like, true, ten yeah. to fourteen, yeah, and go like learning who was writing, who was doing the anime OPs, and then going to listen to those bands on their own, mm-hmm. outside of just what they would be doing for anime. Yeah, that I was like, this is sick. It's like why I like Asian Kung Fu Generation.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> well, also because they're good. So.
0: They're, they fucking slapped and like Lark on Ciel and fucking, uh, what was the other? Oh, Oreska Band. Loved Oreska Band. Who were they on Warp Tour? They were on Warp Tour and they fucking killed. Like they were so, I so good on Warped. Angry. I did not go to that year's Warp Tour, but my stepsister was so nice and like went out of her way to go to their booth to mm-hmm. like go get something signed for me. No, they were
1: incredible. <laughs> they were, fuck, they were so good. I want to say they were playing like Shira Girl stage. Uh huh. And there were so many of them and they were
0: in like almost school uniforms and just like they they did the, the white, the short sleeve, white button up, black tie and yeah, black Dickie's pants. Exactly. That was the uniform they wore for everything. And just playing like
1: the The best ska you've ever fucking heard. Just like up there with like a full band, like brass and just like going to fucking town and like. It was definitely a band that like almost nobody at Warped Tour was like I'm specifically going for these girls, but like everyone who was there was like, "Fuck yes,
0: there's a ska band! Like thank God yeah. there's ska here." And I just don't care wh- who's making the ska sounds as yeah. long as it is ska, and they make really good fucking ska. It, they're incredible. So, yeah, like fuck, I love them. Okay, that's your that's, that's your assignment, listeners. Is if you haven't listened to Ore Ska Band, go that go do that. Yeah. they're on Spotify. Ore, O-R-E, ska band, all one
1: word. They're so fucking good. Their biggest fan is my uncle, who also came with me to Warp that year and, like, got one of their posters and was just like, these girls are, like, the most technically skilled people here this year. Like, they are so impressive. And I was just like, yeah, dog, like, they are. He has one of their posters on his fridge. (laughs) Like, yeah, dude.
0: (laughs) Like, they're so fucking good. They also, like, constantly played pink instruments, too. Like, they played a pink trombone. And like rose gold trumpets, it was so they're so fucking good. Yeah, they're um, sick. they did. I think they were like the ninth or like twelfth Naruto OP. Their oh, song for real? Pinocchio was the Naruto OP? Yeah, hell yeah. That's how I found out about them. There used to be this MIDI. Okay, so there used to be a not MIDI site, but like definitely almost like a GeoCities-like website that was like an encyclopedia of like all the anime OPs you've ever ever heard before in your life and you could search by series and they would send you and it would be like a file sharing website so you can actually download the full song mp3 for anime ops and like that's how i was listening to like that's how i initially started listening to or ska band and then i distinctly remember that's how i got a majority of my lark on cl at the time that's how i discovered duran gray Mm -hmm. and like Mook and the gazette and like all the visual oh my K bands. God. The Gazette is so website. good. <laughs> like we're just like here's listing bands
1: that did openings for fucking Black Butler, but like listen. Like
0: Listen, it's Black Butler Summer Baby. It's coming back. Those openings were perfect. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, Black Butler is coming back because why? Because emo is not fucking dead. That's why. Exactly. There is like a direct there's a straight line between like North American emo renaissance and Black Butler season 4
0: literally actually know what that is that's really even just besides black father season four it's fully like anime became cool somehow and then everyone was like wow no it's also still really cool my chemical romance
1: (laughs) yeah because those are the same thing like yeah if you if you're watching future diary and you're not listening to my chemical romance what are you doing Like, like you're only getting half the story you have to listen to fucking my chemical romance
0: If you're going out of your way to like watch anime that was originally being syndicated from the years of like 2002 to like 2010, and you're not listening to Linkin Park, like what the fuck is wrong (laughs) with you? You fucked up. You're doing it wrong. Like, I'm not. Like, if you're on purpose watching Bleach right now for the first time ever, and you're also not listening to Meteorora, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: And, like, I'm, you know that I'm not one to tell people you're liking this wrong, but, like, but also you gotta, you're liking it wrong. you gotta, you gotta, if you're, like, so, you gotta pay your dues. If we're saying, like, <laughs> and I want you to know that this is not me saying this stuff is cringe, this is just, like, these are things that are widely accepted to be cringe and have been considered cringe for a long time, or considered, like, like, I don't know, fringe interests or, like, just, like, non-normative things, subcultures that were not necessarily acceptable. I feel like if you're listening to both of them or listening to as many, like, unacceptable, unpopular subcultures as you possibly can, like, that's how you're going to get, like, the best of all of them. And that's how you're going to find the intertextuality between all of these things. And you're going to get the best possible experience. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's hard to say that in a way that doesn't sound like I need you to do homework before you can watch Chainsaw Man. But like you will have a
0: better time watching Chainsaw Man if you've done all the fucking homework. Yeah, you got to be informed. It's like when you go to college for the first time or like your, your first like higher level class in high school and you realize that literally everything is connected to each other and you can make anything about anything. And your whole world opens up of like, yeah, That like you shit. can and also you should. It's also, like, not even just, like, a thinking critically way. It's just, like, you will just genuinely have more fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, because that's the thing. It's, like, I have more fun when I'm, like, how can I apply fucking, like, the Cyborg Manifesto to Psychopaths, an anime that I actually do not like, but that I feel like I could very <laughs> easily apply Haraway to if I felt like it. You know? Like, that's how I'm enjoying myself. And if you are like me, then watch Inuyasha. I don't know.
0: Right? Inuyasha through, like the lens of knowing about, like, Judith Butler will change your life. <laughs> it just will. <laughs> Fucking
1: Ranma? Ranma, oh, once you've done Ranma. your gender studies degree, is, like, fascinating. Honestly, even before you've done your gender studies degree, if it's just, like, a hobby, you know? Yeah. If that's an interest for fun. of yours,
0: watch Ranma, like, and then just think. Think about gender for a little bit. Yeah. Watch Ranma, and then think your about, think about to gender to gender will change. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Even if, like, you're cis, think about gender. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like I mean, and this also loops back. To listen to my chemical romance. Think about gender for a little bit, and it's all going mean, to be okay. That's what we
0: did in when stage gay. Yeah, which if you haven't listened to our stage gay episodes, go listen to those because we get a lot into the stuff that we're talking about right now. Just like, but with the applications of performative queerness and queerdom as theater and how it interacts with the scene and the bands and all that, and like we're gonna talk about that shit. All the fucking time, yeah, but constantly. Our stage gay episodes, we get into that a little bit more, yeah. So we were talking about twice, which we were. wasn't <laughs>
1: twice, twice engaged <laughs> in wasn't... a little bit of stage gay, a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, with, uh, were... with Sana and were... Momo, just yeah, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> making Jung Yun's life a living hell, mm-hmm. <laughs> like fully me googling like how to switch bodies with jungyeon specifically yeah because that should be me
0: like begging for it which if we want to get into uh, we also talked about that in uh stage gay, the stage gay episode yeah how um k-pop definitely knows what it's doing when it comes to stage gay when it, from a marketing standpoint because the marketers understand that people want to see that kind of thing. Yeah. But also, that's just twice. Twice just acts like that. It is. They they literally do. <laughs> They're old enough and grown up enough in their careers that they there is no hashtag obligation for them to be doing stage gay. No, they that can That is a for fully, that thing.
1: <laughs> those ladies can be doing whatever the fuck they want at this point. They are yeah, choosing they did,
0: to... <laughs> they just did a fucking sold-out stadium tour in North America. You can't tell them fucking shit anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and then... Some quick other news before we get into the main thing I wanted to talk about this episode, which is mostly that I went to Sad Summerfest and I want to get into all that. Mm-hmm. But we are now deep in the trenches of the Fallout Boy Summer Tour, which if you haven't been like following along with that, they're doing something very similar to what My Chemical Romance was doing on their uh, most recent tour where the setless was changing every single night and like mm-hmm. newer like older b-sides were getting rotated in and like it some songs are rarer to get than other songs but they're keeping a main set list the same and then their encore is different where they're Mm -hmm. doing it with a magic eight ball which honestly they probably said what the fuck twice was doing on their last north american (laughs) tour where twice has a roulette wheel or like a spinner wheel yeah with all songs that they would do as an encore and they spin the wheel and then whatever it lands on, well, that's yeah, that's dubious the, because they rigged the that thing to high hell. Oh, yeah. If <laughs> Based you, on see, what they if you do. see
1: Neon walking towards that wheel, it's like, okay, it's going to be whatever the fuck she feels like because she is just going yeah. to put her hand directly where she wants.
0: And then do those songs. Yeah. But that's, but that's like what Fall Out Boy is doing is that they're doing um, a couple different shakeups with this eight ball mm-hmm. every single night and people are getting and there's different songs. Some songs have been repeated. Some songs have only been played once. The most notable one being fucking Bang the Doldrums Bang being the Doldrums. performed live for the first time ever. Literally And now ever. they've done it multiple times now. And if that motherfucking ball doesn't play it in New Jersey, Peter, Kingston, Lewis, Wentz third and I are going to have some fucking words.
1: It's so, like, I... So I have not been like staying up. People have been kind of like streaming these shows and like live blogging them the same way they were with MCRs. And like, I have not really been like staying up to watch them or to like pay attention to the live blogs because like I work a lot of opening shifts and like I just I go to bed early and then I wake up. And early. also with
0: like My Chemical Romance, there was the novelty of this like fuck the they're finally back. Too, yeah, and also and the, the outfits,
1: the outfits. So it was like okay, I'll go to bed once I know what Gerard is wearing. Um, And with this, there's not necessarily the same pressure because it's like, well, they're going to be wearing what they're wearing. Pete wears a skirt often enough that I'm not, like, staying up at night to see it.
0: He's not getting bespoke costumes made. No, he's not. (laughs) And wearing them. like, But, like, it
1: has resulted in me sending, like, a couple different, like, frantic 4am texts. Like, they fucking played Bang the Doldrums for the first time ever. And then having to wait for everyone else in the world to wake up so that they can uh, Mm -hmm. be with me for this. Sorry, I just ate a spicy pickle.
0: <laughs> and the spice yeah, went down my the wrong way. it
1: sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You have to edit I that also, out.
0: Um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if my big mic is picking it up. My AirPods for sure are giving you an yeah, ordinary no, experience are. that is miserable for you. It yeah. also doesn't help that, um, listeners, I'm in the throes of like my... It's not an allergy. It's that I hate humidity, so much i live in the northeast and it's hot and so my ac is cranked all the way down until from starting from like memorial day weekend to october so we've now had two months of me just immersing myself in the coldest driest air possible that my nose is just constantly stuffy for like two months in the summertime and it starts in july every single year so my nose is so stuffy right now because I refuse to subject myself to any humidity from the out of doors at all.
1: Yeah, that is so fair. That is all to say,
0: I do own a humidifier. I just n- never feel like filling it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but back to fuck uh, Fall Out Boy. Also, notably, things have been happening on the Fall Out Boy tour so far. Is uh, the Academy is opened up for them at Wrigley Field, which I like. That is the fucking show of all time to have been yeah, at however that's like st- beautiful it, it was like really poetic for that to have been the chicago date at the start of the tour mm-hmm. so i initially was thinking about going and then i was like listen the tickets are gonna be so fucking impossible to go yeah but also i was that bitch when the my chemical Romance tour initially got announced I was like on my public Twitter accounts being like, if you're not from Jersey, you shouldn't and are not allowed to go to this fucking (laughs) show. I was like, you are not from New Jersey. You are not from Newark. You don't get to go to the hometown show. These are from the bitches who are from New Jersey and also never left. So stay home. Stay the fuck home. I did get anonymous hate for saying that, but I was right to say because night one was full of people from out of town and the vibes fucking blew in that crowd. And then when they announced night two, all the people who were actually from New Jersey were able to get tickets and the vibes were a lot better. Correct. Cause New Jersey has the best fucking crowds. So I was right to say that plus (laughs) me plus you. (laughs) Well, you're an honorary New Jersey
1: citizen at this point. I feel like I'm like, uh, like combative enough that I, that I can be from New Jersey
0: for sure and also fully like you were in soho for like a long weekend and then came back and was like i like new jersey more so <laughs>
1: yeah no it's true like i like new york city i like being there and i like going around but i was just like new jersey feels more like a place that i could actually exist and live there's a reason
0: why i still live in new jersey and i don't live in brooklyn mm-hmm. like <laughs> but that was all for me to say being like listen i was at per- i'm not going to i'm going to put my money where my mouth is and i'm not going to go to the chicago hometown show with the two Chicago hardcore scene band, well, to The High means it wasn't hardcore, Software. but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, softcore. Where I was like, I'm not gonna go to that. I said my piece when my Chemical Romance said that it would be hypocritical of me to try to go to the Chicago show. So I would
1: have loved to fucking see that shit though. I'm hoping that uh, the Academy is like fantastic. Does a tour after this?
0: It was mostly just I wanted to see the Academies again. I haven't seen them since the 10 year reunion tour. For Or the 10-year anniversary tour for um, Almost Here. Yeah. Where they played Starland Ballroom. So, like, I mm-hmm. haven't seen them since. And I would like to see My Sleep Paralysis Demon William Beckett one more time.
1: Yeah. He's looking so milfy lately. Like, this so is... So
0: milfy. A
1: tremendous look for him. Please take it on tour. Let us all see
0: you. I miss you. I miss you. And, and like, here's the, it is the perfect trajectory for, like, what he looked like during peak almost here into Santi era mm-hmm. like this is the natural progression that he would go from that look exactly to milfdom yeah he looks like he's a milf and also should be in dead poet society
1: yeah it's <laughs> like if you spend like your early mid-20s early 30s with like everyone in the world like saying oh like you look like a girl and then as like a full adult in like your late 30s maybe early 40s actually don't know how old William Beckett is yeah I have
0: no clue off the top of my head and
1: like you still kind of look like just like a beautiful mom. Like exactly. Yeah. Terrific. You 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 did it. Like you never gave up. You never you never started fucking looking like a boy and you shouldn't and I appreciate it. Thank God. Thank Christ. And Siski still has like he has much shorter hair but it's still perfect. So
0: it's still perfect. Love also it's so cute that he has a little baby now and he is mm-hmm. fucking obsessed with her. Yeah. Like if you go follow him on Instagram, Siski business, it all his Instagram stories is just his kid. It's so cute. I'm so happy for him. Which it's... by the way, if you guys didn't know, uh Siski when he's not being dragged out to be in the academy again, he is a touring bassist for Carly Rae Jepsen.
1: Yeah. Like which we, I'm obsessed my mind with the first time.
0: Like I've definitely talked
1: real- about it on the podcast before that like I went to see Carly Rae in 2019 and she was like introducing her band and she was like and my bassist Adam Siska and I was like what no way <laughs> I
0: was like also it feels so wrong to be here Adam Siska I'm, like mm-hmm. who is that I'm, like, I mean, only Sisky? know Siski Siski business yeah bass with Siski biz like <laughs> and then Siski played for Pete the bass part during Saturday at Ringley Aww. Field, which is really cute. That's so sweet. And then, so whenever, if they've... I don't know if it's happened with multiple bands, because again, I haven't really been following it as closely as we were with Michael Michael Romance. Mm-hmm. Who is filling in for Pete? I think most the of the part? time he
1: just, like, puts it down. Or, like, he'll pass it off to, like, his technician. Oh, uh, okay. Because I... The thing is, I've seen him do this, and, like, I don't know who he gives it to. Like, because when I'm seeing him do it, I'm too focused on Pete being directly in front of me. Um, But, yeah, except for one special horrifying moment Um, in Los Angeles.
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Where? What happened? Fucking microwave Michael James way. Mikey is on fucking stage playing bass for Peter. Yeah. During Saturday. Yeah. And it, we can't even get it, the whole, the end of it all.
1: It was actually so wretched because that was another, like, I was up at like 4 a.m. for work and just like saw that that had happened and was like texting you like, fucking wake up. I I need someone to hold my hand. I genuinely was thinking about calling you but I was like, no, she'll actually just like not even answer and kill me and block me.
0: I wouldn't have done that much, but, like, I think if you call someone, like, three times, they'll fight through their, like, do it not It will, disturb. yeah. And I would have woken up for that, and yeah. it would have been fine. Yeah. But that is so... And then...
1: It was horrifying. It was just so, like, wow. Wow. Like, it
0: really is 2005 again.
1: Yeah. Holy it was, shit. <laughs> and, like, Mikey looked so happy and, like, was interacting with the whole band, like, went over and, like, you know, like, he's, like, going over to, like, sing with Patrick and, like, Pete patting him on the head and just, like, everyone fucking freaking out and, like, <laughs> took the sweetest little picture with the whole band after. So fucking cute. Those are his
0: friends. Those, Those are his, are his fucking eyes. friends. Fob and MCR have been best friends for, like, so many fucking years and it's it's nice to see that it, like, we know, we knew that they were still friends, but, yeah. like, it's still nice to see the proof in front of your eyes in the mm-hmm. way that they used to display their friendship yeah back like almost 20 years ago and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah like it's Suck. just so
1: sweet because so on war tour 2005 when like all that shit was you know going down like mikey would play the bass part in saturday for pete when pete would go out into the crowd like every time it's just yeah. very like wow like almost like what 18 years later yeah we're still we're doing this again like it's so lovely to it's see really
0: poetic it's like really beautiful especially after like P and Mikey dealing with the amount of shit that they dealt with, the mm. amount of, like, working on both of themselves they both did, like, into adulthood, being dads now, like, having families, et cetera, et cetera, and still being able to be exactly who they were and who they are, but different and better Yeah, 20 years later. It's, uh. <laughs> like, to have
1: that be, like, the thing that perseveres, you know? The narrative. It's, like, so fucking, I, it's amazing. It killed me completely dead.
0: And then after, you know, that happened, we now are finally hearing Bang the Doldrums live, so... Yeah,
1: I remember that, like, that <laughs> happened, and, like, someone on my dash posted, like, the funniest thing that Pete could do now is, like, post Bang the Doldrums to his Instagram story. And instead and what he did was, like, the better. next night played <laughs> Bang the Doldrums live for the first time. Hysterical.
0: Which I'm like, damn, are you good? That really, that really awoken something dormant in you, huh? It was
1: literally, like... <laughs> Like, Pete Wentz has joined the war on Pete Key on the side of Pete Key. Like, he's... <laughs> he doesn't like, give a again, shit. Again,
0: neutral stance about RPF, not one way or the other. But, like... Fully. But, like, it's also
1: very, like... <laughs> I think this guy is having a good time. Like, yeah, fucking like, with he what he what he's knows doing. He's having is.
0: fun. Fuck you. So they played... Okay, hold on. They played Bang the Dolphins again last night. Yeah. In addition to them playing uh, Where Did the Party Go as well.
1: Yes. I'm like I'm loving that they're mixing in like the post hiatus songs into the eight ball songs because it was initially yeah. like only older songs like Infinity on High and like before. Um, so they mixing in post hiatus. Beautiful. Stunning. I hope that they play Tiffany Blues at some point.
0: Like Bang the Doldrums and Where Did the Party Go lyrically and thematically are extremely fucking similar so mm-hmm. i'm like are you good bitch yeah <laughs> like what's going on in your it's... texts <laughs> like, <laughs> i
1: mean the same thing the that DMs. goes on in in all of his texts like where did the party go straight line from that to have an iowa you know like, like dude when the party ends will you still love me like when i'm not pete wentz will you still love me like
0: yeah of course
1: dude you've gotten mm-hmm. me
0: through the hardest times in my life yeah <laughs> of course i am gonna love you beat
1: yeah but i mean it's also like when i don't have that to offer you am i still valuable to you it's it's so heartbreaking but like Ugh. that's that's what we come here for
0: yep heartbreak feels good in a place like this
1: it literally does
0: <laughs> um and then what else is going on uh Taking Back Sunday released a new single. I think they're going to be releasing a new album soon, sooner rather than later. Thank God. Which I didn't know until I saw Taking Back Sunday the other night and was like, oh shit, new stuff. Which, by the way, that new song sounded really good mm-hmm. and sounds like classic Taking Back Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like they're still doing what they do best, which is be Taking Back Sunday just, you know, as a band that's been together for like 20 years. Yeah. So it's been really nice. But getting to the main part, beef of... Not beef, but like the chunky bits of this episode. I went to Sad Summerfest Hell on yeah. Friday. It was my first Sad Summerfest that I've gone to. And also my first time going to PNC Bank Art Center, which is a big amphitheater venue here in Jersey. I've just never gone to... Like, none of the bands have ever cared about that's gone on tour have played there before. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing Fall Out Boy there. So I'm glad that I went to this to know what to expect from the venue Mm -hmm. um, before going to Fall Out Boy. But...
1: it Honestly, it looked smaller than I kind of expected when you were, like, showing me the pictures. You were like, yeah, this is where we're going to be on the lawn. I was like, that's still very close.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, how I was under the impression, because, like, a lot of my friends grew up in that area... And would go to concerts all the time at PNC. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, if you're on the lawn, like, the band on stage looks like ants. And I was like, okay. I've sat nosebleeds at several arenas for, like, K-pop shows before. It cannot be worse than that. Yeah. And it definitely, like, isn't. Like, it looks like a story sign. Uh, And it was, I liked... The setup of the venue itself because you do have to, you know, go upstairs and like various platforms to get up to an amphitheater style venue. But how it's laid out is like the first, like, pavilion area has like drinks and stuff, but that's also like where vendors are set up, um, which is where like all the merchant stuff was set up for Sad Summer. And then the next platform up also has like food, drinks, uh, bathrooms, stuff like that as well. And then whenever you walk around to get to the other side of the amphitheater, there's more room for, again, more vendors, more food, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, it's a really nice space. I really enjoyed it. Um, And I think it lent itself well to a silo event with multiple performers at it because it allowed you to fill up the area with a lot of stuff. And if a band was on stage that you didn't necessarily care for, there is plenty of places to go around and do stuff, as well as, like, shop and get food and everything. So it worked out really well. I At first, I was like, this is a weird venue for this style concert. But then it ended up being, like, totally fine.
1: I mean, it is a weird choice, I think. Like, I, I was very oh, surprised fully, to so see, weird. like, a festival-style show in, like, a seated stadium.
0: Yeah, like, it would be different if there was a pit area at the very front of the stage, but there isn't. It's, yeah. like... Seats mm-hmm. all the way back, and then they have the lawn area, which is basically the pit because that's where you can like put out your own chairs, put out a blanket, or stand up yeah. and do a circle pit. So that was interesting, but I don't think that's going to be bad for Fall Out Boy. Not at all. Be on the lawn anyway for Fall Out Boy, yeah. So the vibes I think will be a little bit better back there. But I'll get into like all my thoughts on like the setup of the festival. And the weirdness of the venue. But the venue in general, I like it. I'll happily go to PNC again for an event. Mm -hmm. Again, weird choice for a festival. But, you know, so I didn't know that Sad Summer was a, like, thing until last year. Because, one, it's still really new. It's still a Mm -hmm. really green summer festival. Where it started in 2019, actually. Yeah. And the main helped start it up. And... It felt like it was trying to fill the void that Warp Tour left because Warp Tour stopped being a thing in 2018 and then immediately Sad Summer started being a thing in 2019. And I was like, okay, so this is definitely just trying to fill, you know, Warp Tour void. Yeah. And then turns out that it basically was the main has said in like an interview they did with Alt Press, like back when Summer Sad Summer first started. Was they missed Warp Tour, but th- what they didn't miss about Warp Tour was the burnout of playing so many shows with uh-huh. so many bands on the tour. And also, how Warp Tour was structured really put fans in a tight spot where if they had two bands they really cared about playing at the exact same time, you had to choose which one you wanted to go to. And they were like, well, that sucks as a fan. And also that even that sucks as a band knowing that there's like someone who wanted to come see you and they couldn't come see you, mm-hmm. so their solution was let's do let's date less dates and like one stage, so let's make this not as stressful for everyone involved. Yeah, and I really like that. I feel like that's a a noble cause to do. And then as I was doing like more reading up on Sad Summer, turns out that like the main kind of did their due diligence, and I think that this tour is the as successful as it is, is because there's women involved at like every level of the tour. In fact, Mm. like alt press did not like a feature highlighting at least 13 women who were involved in making sad summer, 2022 happen. And there's like women involved at every single level of the tour um, from tour managers to admin stuff, to PR, to photographers in the executive suite of the festival, the merch girls, the actual like people who are in the bands themselves, like, there's women involved. It's not a rarity to see a woman involved in any aspect of this festival, mm-hmm. which is really, really, really nice. Um, and I can really only assume the, <clears throat> same, the situation is similar for this year as well. But I will point out that a majority of the women involved are white. But yeah. there's always room for improvement. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Any of these things. So Sad Summer, as a festival, again, seems to be replacing warp tour and for the better which involves no kevin uh kevin lyman who's a piece of shit yeah thank christ not as stressful for the bands and everyone involved as well as having women actually be involved in it and it's really cool to see that they have a really varied lineup of bands for the past couple of years where there's like temples of the scene where you have like the big name like legends of the scene like taking back sunday for example, playing mainstays of the scene post-2013. So you have bands like Hot Mulligan playing mm-hmm. uh, several tours at this point, And then up-and-comers also included and rotating in and out. Like uh, Ellis Dunes was on a couple dates this past tour. Hell yeah. Motion City Soundtrack is going to be later on in this tour as a guest band. Thank fucking God. And finally some fucking respect Yeah, <laughs> for Motion City Soundtrack after the disappointment of adjacent fest. But yeah, this year there was uh, not this year that my date had Daisy Grenade as the like guest opener, mm-hmm. and also these bands, whoever they seem to be like signing on to be on the billing, they are prioritizing. Like, of course, they're gonna have like the white dudes of the scene, yeah, because this this Cause scene is still large. So largely, many of them. <laughs> there's so fucking many of them, and you you throw a stone, you're gonna hit five of them. Yeah, you know. But that being said. It's nice to see that three or four bands out of the like eight that played had women in them mm-hmm. <laughs> which I can't believe is a thing where you're like wow four bands that's yeah, crazy
1: it's still like a a pretty tiny number I guess but like for like a a smaller like festival that's almost being played more like just like a normal like tour with like billing that's in order you know versus yeah competing stages like it's it doesn't fucking happen often it
0: really doesn't and then the other thing i found out about the tour leading up to this one so again they initially were going to start in 2019 they also seem to have a good rapport of removing removing bands in the lineup surrounding if the bands themselves or anyone in bands kind of have a dubious past uh Mm -hmm. mostly noting being the band lift apparently had some allegations surrounding them in 2019 which was again the inaugural year of Sad Summer, yeah. and they promptly removed them from the billing. However, mm-hmm. so like that's great, that's that's wonderful, that's rare that ever happens with yeah. the with this scene. That being said, All Time Low was still on the tour in two thousand twenty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We don't have time to get into all the the Jack yeah. Bearcat allegations. Uh, it, it's dubious at best with mm-hmm. those allegations and stuff like that. But there are allegations against Jack Bearcat, so yeah, and that came out at that time. So take that with a grain of salt yeah. <laughs> with their <clears throat> efficacy of you know
1: yeah, because it does like make me wonder like did they either do some kind of internal investigation and decide like. Okay, there's not enough evidence here that we can remove All Time Low from this tour and not have them like retaliate legally somehow, you know? Right. versus them just saying like, well, people haven't really heard of Lift and people have heard of All Time Low. So like they're the bigger draw. So like that's like we're going to keep them, you know? Like I obviously like I I I don't work there. I don't know what that stuff looked like, but
0: and I couldn't find anything that was out there concrete um, mm-hmm. And just like the cursory look I did into the history of this festival to determine whether or not, like, what conversations were happening behind the scene to determine getting rid of lift versus keeping all time low, kind of thing. Yeah. But that being said, the vibe of Sad Summerfest is a little tongue in cheek, but we're also bordering on like millennial cringe, like, just a little bit with the vibe <laughs> of it, where it's like, I love the color scheme of it all. Like, it's, um, black and like a pastel pink and some white and stuff so like i love that but like the the color scheme is very very
1: cute like their posters are adorable
0: it's fantastic fantastic merch designs and all that like impeccable branding but like even then like having being called sad summer fest is like okay and then you also have things (laughs) like emo kid or like our hearts and like blah 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 like oh god we come to no, a I... place like this, like, in, some pl- <laughs> in like, some photo op areas, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I I saw, um, on Sunday, I saw Death Cab for Cutie, uh, here at our local festival, Blues Fest, and they were selling shirts that just said, sad music, and then on the back it said Death Cab for Cutie, and I was kind of like, you know what, yeah, like, you fuckers do make some sad music, like, that's- And, like, that's funny. That's the brand. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So there's that going on and then even at the festival like it's a really weird mix of like people who are our age so people who were young teenagers to like like mid-teens for emo Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people who are definitely like in their 40s who were the same age as the bands when they were popular and then there's also like the newer kids to emo Mm -hmm. kind of thing who are definitely there for bands like Mom Jeans and like Hot Mulligan -hmm. And bands who have kind of taken over what emo looks like now post 2013 who are now into the older bands as well. So like it's nice to see the scene is still alive and thriving and the people who established it are still there and then there's people who are up and coming and like keeping it alive. But also there's new blood. There there's new blood. And like but there's this weird like juxtaposition of the the festival's branding itself and, like, some of the attitudes of older fans being, like, emo isn't dead, it was never a phase, etc., 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 and acting like there was a complete dormant period of emo when, in fact, bands like Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, The Main, Taking Back Sunday, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, have continued to still make music. Mm-hmm. It just sounds different than when you were a kid. And then you also have what emo sounds like now, which is like that kind of what we consider the Midwest emo sound that the Front Bottoms popularized back with uh, back in late 2013 is what emo sounds like now mm-hmm. for like newer stuff. And then you have bands like Meet Me at the Altar doing almost like a throwback style sound.
1: Yeah, where it's very poppy. Very like, poppy, very pop punk.
0: And it's just, like, this, it's just a weird vibe of, like, emo, like, literally never died. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It has been around. It stays around. There's new people and the people who have continued making music for the past 25 years. Yeah. Like, it's weird.
1: And even. It's kind of how I feel about the fucking, like, when we were young festival. Because, like, what do you mean when we were young? I'm, like, one, I'm not old. Like, I'm 30. That's a normal yeah. age to be. And two, like I didn't like stop enjoying music. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like literally, like... like we discussed this in the in the when we were young episode. Yeah, like I
1: like I still I still listen to music. I still do all this stuff. It's just very much like a kind of a transparent play towards nostalgia for something that didn't ever stop existing. It's exactly. just like, I don't know. but I mean I at the same time I do get it because it's like well, it was It was different like, I felt differently about it because I was a child. Exactly. My limbic system was not done developing, and I was incapable of feeling emotion in moderation. And I'm exactly. going to be real, I still don't feel emotion in moderation, which I think is why no. I still like emo music so much, because everything I'm
0: feeling like I, is the most I've ever felt. <laughs> like, I take psychiatric medication as an adult
1: for a reason. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's like that uh, fucking TikTok that was like, it was never a phase. and like, I needed a prescription
0: <laughs> like me like, rolling up to target today to go pick up my fucking adderall and antidepressants being like well i have to go home and record my emo <laughs> podcast after this exactly like dog
1: <laughs> like I fucking remember when the like the new hot mulligan album came out like a few months ago and like i was texting you listening to it like
0: hmm? i was like to the listeners like would you ever listen to the new hot mulligan album it's really fucking good
1: yeah listen to it but like i was texting you while i was listening to that like I'm crying. Like, I'm trying to pack for my trip, and I'm really just crying. Like, this is so sad. <laughs>
0: like, Don't but, worry, emo is still emo. It yeah, emo is still a emo as hell.
1: That album fucking rules, though. Like, it's, uh, it sounds very new. It sounds very current, but it was also listening to it. I was like, oh, these guys, like, listened to Taking Back Sunday. These guys listened yeah. to Mayday Parade. Like, yeah. it's... And it's all coming through, but, like, it's very much still like current emo
0: yeah like i really enjoy that hot mulligan sounds like when emo still sounded a little more hardcore
1: yeah like i like that these singers sound a little bit like shit you know yeah like but it's not screamo
0: yeah they're just like they're
1: they're yelling at me and i'm like good yeah i want you to do that like that's that's awesome
0: the first time i was in a hot mulligan ever i was on a red-eye flight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'll tell you right now that listening to a newer emo band as you're trying to fall asleep is not the move because you then become so hyper aware of the fact that he is the lead singer is screaming literally every other word yeah it will
1: fray the fuck out of your nerves if you're trying to go to bed or if you're on an airplane period because like that's already like the most stressful situation
0: you can be in became so hyper aware of like where the screams were placed in the song and i was like it doesn't have to be every other word. It could be like at the end of a verse. <laughs> so unfortunately, now whenever I listen to them, I think about like, wow, you're really yelling every other word, um, mm-hmm. solely because I was so aware of it because I was trying to fall asleep during a red eye flight, which is on me. Yeah, <laughs> that's like how, if I had listened to them under normal circumstances, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But no, whenever I listen to them, I'm like wow, every other word. But it's still good. It still slaps. It's it's really, really good. Going back to the whole point of like, this emo nostalgia thing, Chris Payne, the author who wrote Where are Your Boys Tonight, uh, that book that just came out that Chloe and I are both still reading, he is mm-hmm. still an active music journalist, and he writes for Alternative Press. On July 6th, did a article about the start of Sad Summer uh, called Growing Beyond Emo Nostalgia, and he was actually talking to Adam Lazara, and they started talking about you know emo nostalgia, and I want to read the quote out from it because it kind of like succinctly gets... To the like the meat of what we were both trying to get at which quote what gets Lazar going often involves rock and roll mythology and his band's place within it. References to Bruce Springsteen and Johnny Cash flow freely. Did you ever see that Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster, he asks. Their guitarist, Kurt Hammett, talks to a psychologist about how they got so big so quickly that part of his development froze in that time at that age. I would never want to be in a position like that. It's important to me to continue to grow with my talents as a person. When I'm shoved into this box, it's taking away from something I'm very proud of. The box he's talking about is emo nostalgia. To think for one second that we're all capable of is our first record is a goddamn mistake, he says. Taking Back Sunday's Feisty 2002 debut album, Tell All Your Friends, helped open the floodgates for a slew of mainstream emo crossovers, including the Long Island Bread Band's own subsequent gold records. 2004's Where You Want to Be and 2006's Louder Now. But as the life priorities of OG fans shift from checking tour dates to paying mortgages and finding babysitters, keeping them engaged with new music can be an ongoing challenge. Grown humans use the term "adult emo" is far <laughs> is far cringier than anything being sold at Hot Topic in two thousand four. Alas, Adam Lazara is a realist. It's not lost on me that doing a tour called "Sad Summer" is not great reinforcement for my words. He admits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would imagine same as when they played "When We Were Young." Like he, yeah, it I. <laughs> can imagine that's like a common view among the artists playing these festivals that they're like (laughs) like this is kind of a backhanded compliment like yeah it's oh we all admire you but it's not that we currently admire you it's that we want to be who we were when we were 15 again
0: exactly but like it it was nice to see at this festival talking about adult emails like the dude in front of me in the seats for taking back sunday he was up on it like fully he was at least in his 40s yeah up on his feet he was recording videos he was singing along every single song it was definitely the older stuff that he was singing along to the most mm. fervently, but he, even he knew the newer stuff. Yeah. Like, he was still excited about it. So, like, it's nice to see that, like, oh, shit, okay, so there are four-year-olds who grew up with this music who are still paying attention. Kind Absolutely.
1: Of and, like, what was the most recent? So, I haven't listened to a new Taking Back Sunday album since... Which one was it? My god,
0: it was a few ago. Um, yeah, I've been really bad about keeping up with what they're doing.
1: Yeah, since new again, which was honestly not that recent. That was in two thousand nine.
0: But yeah, <laughs> um, nope, that's fully more than <laughs> yeah. 10 yeah years in cut. my mind,
1: I'm like that was at least two thousand fifteen. No, stupid, you were still in high yeah. school. But even then, they were like already adapting to like an older audience. Like Adam is writing a song about his divorce on that album. Like right. they're they're for sure like moving their sound to a new place, and also like they're not wallowing in like who they used to be. They're exactly. very much writing about what they're doing now.
0: And you can still be just as emotional about what's going on in adulthood than you were when you were, you know, 19 and getting your heart broken for the first time. Absolutely. Like, there are still things that cause immense amounts of grief and immense amounts of, like, just emotional toil in your life as an adult, arguably more so than when you were a teenager if you had a relatively stable teenagerdom. But, like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I don't know that I would say that it's. Should be a struggle to keep new music fans or not new music fans, but like your old fans engaged because like you're growing with them. You're experiencing a lot of the same things like Adam writing about divorce, Pete writing about, you know, watching his parents age and watching himself age and yeah, being concerned that he can't sell his pain the same way that he used to. The new Hot Mulligan album, including a song about watching your grandparent age and forget who you are. You know, these are, Mm -hmm. like, very, like, adult experiences that I think any person, like, in their 30s and up can relate to, like, especially in their 30s and up. So I think that, like, finding the audience is not necessarily the issue. It's so much, like, that a lot of the audience is focused on this being, like, a ticket back in time versus appreciating it for what it can be right now.
0: Exactly. Like i relate more to what my favorite bands are writing like my favorite bands from when i was a teenager are writing now than the stuff that you know i was listening to when i was a teenager being like this is the most this is exactly how i feel right now like Mm -hmm. i listen to those songs and it's still like well shit i'm gonna still scream sing cry along to these lyrics but i'm like thank god i'm not that teenager anymore yeah exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's much less a this is what I'm feeling now and more a I don't feel this way anymore and like thank fucking god
0: yeah it's like thank god I'm still alive to like hear these songs but also yeah I don't feel this way anymore <laughs> <laughs> holy
1: shit yeah exactly I'm I don't know I have so much appreciation for for uh, Adam Lazara for not just giving in and doing that because it would be so easy for taking back Sunday of all bands to just coast on that nostalgia forever and just like play tell all your friends over and over and over again and like rehash their beef with brand new over and over and over again. Like
0: that's gotta be miserable, especially with like what we know about brand new now and like to be associated with that for the rest of your life fucking blows. No, exactly. Of course they played, of course they still played the old hits of course, but the level of hype and care and attention that they gave to every single song that they played was really refreshing and even adam on stage was like listen i know that a lot of you guys are here to hear our old stuff but we have new stuff coming out we're gonna play one because we're excited about it i don't care if you don't want to hear it but i hope that you like still think about us after yeah go home tonight and like think about our new stuff and frankly i will the new stuff sounded fantastic and i'm like really excited for this new album apparently it's going to be produced by a more pop producer, like apparently the producer has done, like BTS and Blackpink of all fucking what, <laughs> things. and which is wild. So I'm like really excited to hear this like fucking rules what this actually is going
1: to sound like. I need Jenny on the fucking <laughs> Taking Back Sunday album
0: right now,
1: literally right this second. Call her up now,
0: like get her off the set of the Idol. She needs to be.
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, on this album instead. Like, I'm so fucking serious. Get her in there.
0: Like, I think that they would really th- would really thrive. I think Yungi yeah. on a fucking Adam, on a fucking, on animals. sorry, there's all Take You Back Sunday. A Take You Back Sunday album would be so fucking good. Yeah, it no, would, that would fit very well. He would go well. so hard on it because his rapping yeah. style leans more edgier and harder and like mm-hmm. yellier would be so good.
1: Yeah. I, I think we got to get that crossover like fast. I mean, it's coming though. Like, who who was it? Ordinary Heroes,
0: Ex-Nary Heroes, Ex-Nary, Ex-Nary Heroes, Heroes
1: that covered "Welcome to the Black Parade,"
0: and they did "American Idiot" at their concert.
1: What? Yes. Okay. Okay. Wait, okay. Yeah. Listener. Like, Listener. fucking get get them in here. Get them in here right Listener. now.
0: If you want to listen to what um, K-pop's take on pop punk is. Listen to x Heroes. They're so fucking talented. They're good kids. I'm so excited and to keep hearing what they're doing. They cite their influences as like Green Day, Fall Out Boy. They love pop punk. These kids live and breathe rock music. Yeah, their music fucking whips. The leader of the band, who's also their drum player, went to Berklee College of Music for drumming. So, like, they're talented musicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... They're really good. Of course, there's, like, other really good K-punk and, like, K-indie out there, mm-hmm. for sure. The Buried Entry is a little bit harder for those bands. Yeah. But if you want to, like, dip your toes into, like, what rock music sounds like in Korea, um, listen to Exeter Heroes. They're really fucking good. So mm-hmm. now I want to get into my experience at Sad so Summer. We got into, it, like, a little bit. I have a couple other things to say. Mostly, again, I'm PNC Bank was an interesting choice of venue for it because it is seated and there is not a pit out in the front last year it was at pier 17 in manhattan which is like a rooftop venue that is general admission on a pier in manhattan so like that makes a lot of sense for it to be at so i wonder if there's a scheduling conflict they expected a higher attendance to be there this year so they went with the more higher occupancy level venue than the one in manhattan I don't know. I'm not a tour manager. <laughs> I wasn't involved in any of the process, so who knows. So it was a little bit weird, I will say, I won't lie, that it was all seated, but it was fine ultimately. But the lineup this year, we've I've mentioned it a couple times now. It was for my date at least, it was Daisy Grenade, Stan Atlantic, Mom Jeans, Hot Mulligan, Paris, the one with the V, Head Automatica. Uh the Hell man taking on ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fucking head automatica.
0: In in 2023. Let's 2023! Let's go! Um, I felt really bad. I've never really given a shit about that band. I had, like a song by them, which is just Beating Hearts Baby. I mean, because it slaps. It's a good it fucking song. But that was definitely our go up, get more drinks, get food, and go pee band. Mm-hmm. And everyone else also seemed to have the same idea, except for my poor boyfriend, who had never heard of this band in his life. He is drunk. We made what? him stay at the seats, and he was like... You know what? Great band. I had a great time. Those dudes are old as hell and are having so much fun. And I'm like, now what do you mean is old as hell? <laughs> He's like, oh, they're in their <laughs> 40s. And I'm like, they're not. They're fully in their 30s, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, I had a great time watching their set. So thank you to Josh for the review of Hedda Automatica. We love Josh. We love Josh. Unfortunately, we did miss Daisy Grenade's set because we were busy going to Wawa. <laughs>
1: Which <laughs> makes did. me so
0: sad. I love them so much. I wanted to get there for daisy grenade i won't love you but it was hoagie fest and i haven't had a hoagie in so long and we were a little late leaving true that we kind of prioritized go getting hoagies over yeah (laughs) going to daisy grenade the security was similar to the security was not long at all it was so easy to get into the festival it was fast there was not a ton of lines i think it's just because people like got there before hand and like we were like a little bit of a late entry or Mm -hmm. whatever uh, which is totally fine. My sunglasses did set off the metal detector and I had to get like walk over to the Your side. Which fucking was kind of annoying. sunglasses? Girl. My sunglasses set it off, which was annoying. Also, this is a call out post for any American large scale venue. Stop having fucking state troopers with assault rifles just hanging out. Like literally for what? Like there was for one. fucking that, what? For the parking toll. To get into MetLife for it's twice. Fucking come on, there was yeah, this one yeah, hanging was. out like by security, and I'm like, D- I don't think you need an assault rifle to do no. crowd control. All right, like a cab, be normal. Literally. Other than that, one of the uh venue like vendors thingies for food, they had lots of novelty cups available to okay. purchase. I'm in my novelty cup buying era, like because I'm an mm-hmm. adult with adult money. Yeah. So whenever I'm at a place now that has like a kitschy cup available, like, if you get this drink, you get the cup with it. And I'm like, I want the stupid cup. Yeah. Every single <laughs> this time. This one was shaped like a piranha. And it had oh, fuck yeah a frozen little drink in it. I did not end up getting it because I was already drunk by that point. But there was another, like, refillable cocktail thing where you can get a cocktail shaker. Mm-hmm. And they will just keep refilling the cup, which I thought was very silly and very funny. So I have one of those. The other good thing about the festival I noticed was there were signs everywhere stressing consent and also like giving hotlines for people to call at the venue or like just in general in case Mm -hmm. of an emergency if they they needed help with anything uh, regarding, you know, issues of touch and consent and stuff like that, which was really refreshing to see because I Mm -hmm. don't think I've ever been to a pop punk adjacent festival of any sort that had that kind of messaging ever, Mm -hmm. including adjacent (laughs)
1: yeah and it's
0: quite that necessary. was really refreshing yes especially in this scene mm-hmm. the, the scene with allegations all the time yeah yeah <laughs> uh so that was really nice to see so we got in i think we got to our seats in the middle of stand atlantic set which did not realize that stand atlantic is australian what yeah australian okay. crazy and also very gay but i think i knew that oh, one terrific yeah the lead singer is definitely lesbian Mm -hmm. and then we get we sit down and all Mm -hmm. right i don't have issues with my hearing i don't i'm not incredibly sensitive to sounds loud things don't bother me i don't get a headache from it Mm -hmm. so i've never felt the need to wear earplugs to a concert before Mm -hmm. and i've been going to concerts for like so many years of my life yeah at this point this is the first concert i've ever been to where i was like oh i need earplugs Mm -hmm. it is too loud and I think it's because I, di- I didn't see what the rig the speaker rig looked like behind me, but it looked like there was one set of speakers for the venue from where I could see. And it was all the way at the front of the- by the stage that they had to be able to blast the music loud enough to hit where the lawn is in the back. Mm-hmm. So the audio like wasn't staggered. So it was just really fucking loud and fully I was like, screaming into, you know, the friend's house with ear and they couldn't hear me. I couldn't mm-hmm. hear the venue person giving me directions to where our seats were, even though she was a foot away from my face. Couldn't hear her. Had to read her lips to figure out where we were going to go. It oh my god! so fucking loud. So fucking loud. And I don't think it's like I'm now too old to hear loud music. It was like a venue specific issue. Yeah. However, by the time that Hot Mulligan came on, the sound had been reduced. And I think that is because... I thought the festival was sold out like when I was buying tickets initially, like the entire seats by the front of the stage and like a little bit back behind were sold out completely. I went to look to see what the ticket situation was a couple of days ago and like it was not sold out at all. Like a majority okay. of the seats like behind what is considered orchestra. So even orchestra, hundreds of seats still available. So I think a lot of people have just bought lawn seats. Mm-hmm. And just like decided to hang out back there because they were more familiar with the venue and there were cheaper seats anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, With how PNC works is that if you have a lawn seat, you can only stay in the lawn. If you have a seated seat, you can go anywhere you want in the venue, including the lawn. You just have to be able to sit in your seat when you want to actually be seated. Mm. kind of thing so so many people were in the lawn that they started giving out free tickets to the seats themselves (laughs) to get people to come (laughs) down closer okay and so like once they gave out the free tickets to get the people from the lawn to come sit in the seats that's when the volume got lowered so i think it definitely was a thing like they had to blast it for the lawn so I'm thankful that the venue did that or else I would have been miserable for the like mm. the entire time because of how loud it was. Like mm-hmm. Josh uh, took out his AirPods, the AirPod Pros to turn on the noise canceling feature on. So we oh, could hear. my
1: goodness, <laughs> like that's what it was like. Josh also, though, like and I think that we need to talk about this on the podcast very briefly, is that <laughs> when we went to dinner with Josh, he had his AirPods in the whole time and I thought it was just like a noise canceling thing that like he was maybe really sensitive to noise and then later you yeah. were like no he's listening to audiobooks and i was like while he's
0: like <laughs> talking to people and you were like yeah and, like audiobooks um... <laughs> or he listening to like his own music one airpod in one airpod out so he can still like be involved in the conversation but he just wants to hang out listen to his own shit
1: but like we were it's walking down crazy we were walking down the street to get to dinner and like he had like he took out his airpods and put them in i was like oh he like doesn't want to hear all this traffic and then later you were like no he's listening to an audiobook he was listening to like a fucking Discworld book or some shit (laughs) yeah and like he was fully still talking to us like every time Uh, he saw a nissan ultima he was like man some real nissan ultima behavior out here and i was like yeah (laughs) um and then later i was like how could you hear us and listen to a fucking audiobook the entire time He's built different. (laughs) He's he's literally built different. (laughs) Yeah, he's a weirdo. Yeah, this is totally unrelated to absolutely anything. Just to say that Rhea's boyfriend is like the weirdest person I've ever met. (laughs) Which can't be true because you work with Dylan. Yeah, that's true. He's pretty rude, too. I mean, I think they would get along, honestly.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Fire sign shit. Yeah, true, actually. The stage setup allowed, because again, there was no pit, but the stage is not like feet above the front row on the day. Sta- and like, it's very close to the front row people that the, you could just hop up on that stage and it's totally fine, which mm-hmm. the bands did do that a lot. Yeah. So during Stan Atlantic, because it was still earlier in the day, they hadn't moved people up front yet. So the crowd in the seats was pretty thin. So I can only imagine what it was like playing on the stage, being one of the open, like what is considered an opener band. Mm-hmm seeing that there's not a ton of people around like that's gotta suck especially because you know that if this was a pit and everyone was gathered at the front it would be like the kind of sized crowd that you're used to and the kind of energy that you're used to but instead everyone is all spread out and so it got to the point where stan atlantic was like if you don't get your asses out of the seats i'm coming down there and then they did (laughs) Yes, like the guitarist got down, just like walking around, then the singer got out onto into the crowd as well. Did the last song out there, and Saint Atlantic also very funnily had a crew member come out with a flag that just said "last song alert" on it, (laughs) (laughs) which is so fucking funny. That's really funny. And then like effort, but the word "gay" was crossed out, and then it said "last" underneath it. So it's like "gay song alert" slash "last song alert." (laughs) So I guess the last song alert is also a typically a very a gay gay song, song alert. So it's very funny, and I enjoyed that. So also John O from the main got into the crowd. The main put on a great set. I have never been a huge main fan. I kind of stopped listening to them after Can't Stop Won't Stop, aka their first yeah. album. They're, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I did see when I used to work at the record store. I saw they're like what was that one album called like forever halloween or something halloween forever i don't know something like that that came out and i saw that and i was like who do you guys think that you are exactly because this is not right this is not ever what you've been um this is like a weird little pivot into like the more nightmare before christmas inspired emo scene which is like not really what the main was known for so i just kind of like oh weird i'm not gonna listen to this Because I'm busy, but their trajectory Um,
0: of of, as a band apparently has been like they've really had a lot of sound evolutions over mm -hmm. like the like 15 years they've been a band. They put out like nine albums.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, just looking at the album covers, it's very like ooh. They're always pushing themselves
0: to do something different, which is really exciting. And seeing them live again because I hadn't seen them since like the AP tour in like 2009, I think. I haven't seen Mm -hmm. them since then. Made me want to go back and like listen through their discography. Like, post when I stop listening to them, just seeing what they're up to. Cause I do follow Jack Vanek on Instagram. Yeah. And again, I have been obsessed with her wedding content. And her and Jared from The Main are now officially married. They had their courthouse wedding Hell yeah. a couple weeks ago. So, congrats to them.
1: Jetting off to Paris soon?
0: They're going to go to Paris soon. I Hell am yeah. so excited to see what this French Riviera wedding is going to be like. But I was like, I follow her. I see like Jared The Main on her. Instagram story like all the time, I should probably like listen to them, yeah. um but John also came to the crowd, and I was like, "Wow, the last time I saw you, you were yawning in a photo with me, which is really funny, <laughs> <laughs> um so that, they had the great energy, like Josh was up and out of his seat for the main, too, and he's like never listened to the main before, and he was like, mm-hmm. that was great, and I was like, yeah they're they're a pretty solid band. they put on a really um, good
1: show, like they know what the fuck they're doing
0: they know they like they are professionals, yeah they're like that's what i'll give them a lot of that they are professional musicians and they're professional performers and they know what the fuck to do and yeah, how to work like, the crowd
1: i have only seen them once and it was quite early on in their career and it was at warp tour and like even then they like technically very very good like knew yeah how the fuck to to behave and to play their instruments and like yeah. sound was good like they just they knew what they were doing
0: they, they they're killing it they
1: i don't know they played like a band that had existed for a much longer time than they did
0: yeah so i got nothing but good things to say about the main now yeah i'm like shit i'll them. yeah might listen to something else by them yeah shit like apparently pioneer was really good and that was like from forever and a half ago mm-hmm. so i might my homework for this evening might be going to listen to uh pioneer but i mean maybe it yeah. should be your homework too see you listener hey tell us are you a fan of the main <laughs> what's up do we need to give listen us to some them? like rex yeah. you guys listen to them what's your vibe on them tell us on twitter and on instagram wink also shout out to mom Jeez. that was the main band that like josh came with us for again mm-hmm. listeners my boyfriend he was not an emo kid in the slightest despite mm-hmm. my stories about his older brother trying to bum a cigarette off of gerard in the clifton target parking lot several <laughs> years ago um He's not an emo kid in the slightest. Like, never really did pop punk. Never he like skews far more Midwest emo college sound than mm-hmm. anything else. Like, so he was there for Mom Jeans, and uh, and I think a lot of his friends were there for Mom Jeans too. But I they had a great set. I like how Mom Jeans sounds more live than I do in their recordings. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also shout out to them because they are the only band that specifically thanked by name their crew members working on the tour with them as well as the people working the larger tour in general and then also specifically thanked the venue staff as well and made everyone give a round of applause for the venue staff. That's so lovely. That's More so lovely. That. Nice polite boys. Pop <laughs> mm-hmm. Mulligan was great. We I talked about Take Back Sunday. Take back Sunday like they put on a fucking phenomenal show. Animal Zara never has had it, never lost it and continues to still have it. He is a fantastic I... frontman. I just love him. Goes to the Drawway school of I need a corded mic so I can whip it around. I need it for mm-hmm. reasons. Yep. He is like, I understand that they wrote that lyric, th- the band that shall not be named. Uh, Mics are for singing, not for swinging. Yeah. But they're for fucking swinging. Sorry. He was whipping that thing around like he was Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was it was wild. And like, if that cord doesn't break by the end of this tour, I will be. Shocked.
1: Yeah, like, you so. know, him and uh, Jeff Rickley from Thursday both love to just swing the fuck out of a microphone. And, like, it is so fun. And they both have, like, a tremendous amount of control on that thing, too which is like yeah. honestly impressive because like it I feel like it's very easy to just lose control of something that you're swinging around like that and like bop someone on the head. Oh
0: yeah. But they're they're doing okay. I think that they have a, a career of potentially going on the Renfair circuit should they ever decide to not be in emo band anymore where they are the like fancy whip people. Mm-hmm. I think they could make that transition very easily. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I when have I last seen them? I last saw taking back Sunday in march of 2007 holy shit yeah when they were touring for louder now so mm-hmm. like make damn sure had just come out and they were touring with under Oath and armor for sleep fucking tremendous show. that's a great lineup yeah it was so good and they were playing like tiny fucking like canadian cities on this tour which is that no one does that <laughs> yeah like why are you playing london ontario That's not a city that exists. (laughs) I mean it exists, but like no one fucking goes there. They played Saskatoon. Yeah.
0: Damn. Shit. Mm -hmm. There's fucking nothing in Saskatoon. Nothing. At all. I say that like I've ever been to Canada.
1: I mean like (laughs) it's the prairies. Like there's genuinely like okay. It's like our prairies. There's nothing there. Yeah.
0: Then what else? The last time I saw a take back Sunday was Bamboozle two thousand nine, I think. And they were, like, the closing band that night. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool.
1: Had New Again come out yet? Like, were they playing
0: stuff from that? I think so. Okay. I could be remembering incorrectly, but I was, like, so tired at that point. Yeah. My stepsister was helping work the Killbrand booth, so they let us stay and stand over there for that one. And Mm -hmm. I remember, like, being, like, falling asleep in the Killbrand tent. (laughs) Taking (laughs) back Sunday. (laughs)
1: I mean, New Again was, like, really good album. Love that one yeah. so much.
0: And then the only other things I have left to say about Sad Summer was after the show, it was really cute, similar to, like, every other emo festival out there. There's always a parking lot band mm-hmm. where everyone just, like, they come to set up shop and they were playing the hits and people were dancing and singing along and it was really cute. And it was nice to, like, we were just hanging out, like, standing outside the back of my car, like, drinking Gatorade and, like, eating our leftover Wawa and stuff. Just, like, singing along and, like, from a distance. And it was really cute. And I was shocked that the police that were just, like, hanging around the parking lot didn't break it up. Yeah. I mean, They were, like, really chill with it. They, uh, a couple of the officers, like, stood in the outskirts of it, I think, just to make sure that, like, I would hope it would be the situation of, like, making sure no one was going to get hurt. (laughs) <laughs> but I know realistically it was like they were looking for drugs <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like drinking in a parking lot. Like that's what they were looking for, but mm-hmm. it was nice to see that it didn't get broken up. Unlike when we went to go see my chemical romance and another band did a similar thing. And the police in Newark fully broke that up. They like drove yeah. the car through the crowd and like through where the band was to get mm-hmm. them to stop. Like fucking rude. So awful. Anyway. So mm-hmm. I had a great time at set Summerfest. I will happily go again. I hope that it will not be at PNC. Again, so there's at least a pit to go into for bands that I super care about. Yeah. But I'm happy that it was there so we know what is up for Fall Boy.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to see Follow Boy there. It looks like a very cute little, little venue.
0: Yep, and we're going to be on the lawn for that one. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Hell yeah. Have you bought your flights yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, it's in like two weeks.
1: I know, I'm gonna. Okay, so
0: yeah, that was our uh, catch up episode. The next time you'll hear from us, we're going, it's probably either going to be our series we're going to do on Panic at the Disco, mm-hmm. or if we're lazy, aka me, if I'm lazy about editing, it'll be like Panic of the Disco Part 1, we go see Fall Out Boy, we talk about Fall Out Boy, and then it'll be Panic of the Disco Part 2.
1: Yeah, I feel like that might be the move.
0: Yep, just so you guys have uh, a, like a light idea of what we're going to get up to in the next yeah. couple of weeks, so... Maybe we'll even do our like our Jason episode, but with better audio <laughs> about Fall
1: Boy. Absolutely, with better audio, yeah, and maybe less. Yeah, it was dog our first mics. time using those mics,
0: so we'll see. Anyway, I think that's all from us for now. Unless you got anything else, Chloe? No, I think that's everything. Hell yeah! Oh, Again, you know what? No, uh, I do have. I have one oh, little thing yes. to say,
1: which is that I went to a uh, plus size thrift store in Brooklyn and I got a sticker from their little wall of stickers that says kissable and quiet like the uh, <gasps> taking back sunday lyric oh my god and i just went on the website for this sticker company because i wanted to see if they were still selling it and they are they also have a bunch of bumper stickers one of them says i'd rather be leaning over a sink eating pickles out of a jar um <gasps> and one says my other ride is a boat against the current born back ceaselessly into the past
0: all right you're gonna send me the link so to this
1: go to shop. the SilverSpiderPrintShop.com. shop.com um, they have some very good stickers and buy a sticker. Yeah. They also have some I'm novelty cups.
0: So do th- I love a novelty cup. Yeah. If, a novelty you want, cup era.
1: if you want a 15 ounce mug that says soup is for lovers. <gasps>
0: yeah, I do. The fuck you
1: can you can have one of those.
0: Fuck. So yeah, I'm about to make some purchases. I think. Yeah. As you should. All, <laughs> right. all right. So and that's everything. I, that's all from us for now. We'll talk. We'll the next time you hear from us, it will be about our good friends pinning at the disco. <laughs> yeah (laughs) again thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast if you like what we do here please like follow rate subscribe like hire comment smash that follow button on at so pod on instagram and twitter uh share our podcast with your friends tell all your friends yeah about our podcast (laughs) so yeah and again thank you so much moonshot podcast for sponsoring and being a part of our by sponsoring our podcast no thank you so much moonshot pods yeah. for powering this podcast you are our besties thank you so much for supporting us yeah and after we sign off here you will hear about another show from moonshot maybe give them a listen too hell yeah, yeah. absolutely bye guys bye kung fu grip kung fu grip so- as you can see i had to use my uh, judo on gerard yeah i see that gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview sometimes it happens well- i just got so emo i fell apart that's what actually happened